Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks. Auto Thoughts and Decepticons. You're listening to Prime, Prime Cuts, uh, non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Audrey. I'm the other host, Nero. We get a couple of uh, really interesting episodes tonight. Uh, the first one has perhaps the horniest moment in the entire history of the franchise, followed by an entire episode of, like, Cronenberg-esque horror. You know, I can't... I was trying to think of something to dispute you, but I can't really bring anything hornier to mind. It's really horny! Like, shockingly horny. Yeah. It's, uh, it was wild. I screen captain and put in Discord, like, what's going... What's happening here? What's going Uh, on here? Here's the thing. The screenshot does not capture how horny no. it is because you really gotta hear the voice acting. Yeah, it does not capture Steve Bloom's like sensual growl. But uh, we'll get there. Yeah, We're, yeah. We watched uh, episode six of season one, Masters and Students, and episode seven, Scrappy. Scrappy. Our first proper episodes of uh, of Transformers Prime here after the five part premiere. And I appreciate that there's not really, like, a set structure for these episodes yet. Like, there's no MacGuffins to go after. We're just, we're just kind of doing stuff. Yeah, we're it's, hanging out. it's interesting. So, again, Megatron is presumed dead. We can start going into this. But, like, is, Megatron is presumed dead, and it, it sort of has the answer to the question of, like, for for these couple episodes at least of like what happens when megatron or optimus dies but the other one's still around like the war's still going yeah we saw a little bit of that in armada where the inverse happened um and megatron was just real aimless and weird about it but by that point he was already in like end game stuff yeah here we're at the very the very opening stages uh and and we'll, we'll hear optimus's thoughts on that later but first I just want to appreciate how this episode begins with Starscream rewinding and playing the clip of Megatron getting blown the fuck up over and over again. Yeah. Like a little fucking sicko. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Again, we are going to see a lot of weird stuff between him and Megatron throughout this series. Their relationship is very complicated. This is only the beginning. This is uh, and, only the beginning. And after getting his 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 morning hit of uh, watching Megatron get blown up, uh, he's like, Soundwave, I must address my troops. <laughs> Patch me into every screen on the ship. Um, and he gives this fucking huge, grandiose speech about how, like, ah, despite Megatron's death, we must press on, and don't you worry, I... I will will lead us into a glorious new future. And then some guy walks up and says, Um, hi, Mr. Starscream. I think this is um, the first time Steve... Uh, this is Steve. This is probably Steve. This I will think... probably end up becoming Steve. Yeah. But he's like, 
Oh, Mr. Starscream, I just have a question. Um Well he well, very importantly, he says, um, excuse me, Commander Starscream. sorry, Lord Starscream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... He's like, Well, we've been fighting the Autobots for like a fucking million years or whatever under Megatron, and we weren't able to win under him. So like why what do you why do you think you can win? I mean, it's just asking questions here. Now, to be fair to Starscream, I will say, and I'm not sure why I know what none of the Viacon sort of recognized this, but if you look at their recent history, Starscream actually has a much higher kill count of Autobots than Megatron does. That's true. Killed one last Wednesday. Um but Starscream, you know, it's it's very funny. This caused him to go on this like whole thing. Ah, d- I am I'm, I studied under Lord Megatron for eons. I am his one true heir to the Decepticon throne, and I will be the new Emperor of Destruction. And all the VR can just kind of go, uh, yeah, okay, sure. And By the like, way, he like complains that Star uh, Soundwave about it. Yes, he's like, why don't they like me? Um, um, fun fact about the title Emperor of Destruction, you know, that is a, a title, I forget where it comes from. I think either the Marvel Comics or the Headmasters use that as the title for the commander of the Decepticons, uh, who normally don't really have a title associated with, with leading them like, uh, like say a prime Right. There's a title often associated with leadership. Um, but that's just an interesting little little continuity bit of, of dropping that the the title there. Yeah, so he's complaining to Soundwave and Soundwave's like nothing because Soundwave doesn't say anything. And um what is interesting though at this point, I think again, I, I, I find Soundwave and Starscream's dynamic to be one of the more interesting dynamics in the show. Um because I think there is a level of two-way trust. I think sound. I think Starscream certainly trusts Soundwave more than Soundwave trusts Starscream, but there isn't the sort of like kind of automatic doubt that comes from Soundwave, um, mm-hmm. and this continuity that necessarily comes from other ones. And like, and again, like in our establishing episode uh, of, of Prime. Starscream had been leading the Decepticons pretty well over three years. So he had done enough to sort of build that trust. But, like, it's clear here in the way that he talks to Soundwave that he considers Soundwave something of a confidant. Even right. if Even if that just is because he mistakenly thinks he's talking to a brick wall that, that won't do anything <laughs> about it. But Listen, you gotta watch over the requirements. Yeah, it is interesting because yeah. also it feels like that dynamic is kind of done... By the end of this episode, because now it's like, well, shit, everyone's well, got secrets to keep from each other. Yes and no. I mean, the way it continues, the way it continues throughout the series is, again, like, as you see with all sound waves, his, um, his ultimate loyalty is always going to be to Megatron. But it is sort of like an absence of Megatron, like what the sound wave do that I find really interesting. Because not only is... The, in other continuities, the Soundwave not trust Starscream, but they are, like, openly antagonistic to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, like, openly hostile to each other. So, do you have anything where, like, to have a relationship where, again, even if it's not reciprocated, that Starscream feels comfortable enough around Soundwave, who historically is known for giving people the heebie-jeebies because he's a telepath. 
um, and a spy and whatever, um, is, I think, an interesting dynamic. But he's basically complaining to Soundwave, and Soundwave doesn't say anything back, and Starscream goes, I know, but I need to really establish myself as a master is to get a student of my own. And I know where there's the most powerful student I could think of. Damn it, Primus said it's my turn to be the Sith Lord. Yeah, we're into some real rule of two shit here. Um, yeah, he's gonna go, he says, I know where a very large man is buried, and we're gonna go find him, Soundwave. Um, so then we get our, we get our first actual opening, uh, which you've been hearing at the end of all these episodes, the actual, like, song, but we got our first opening. It's, it's all, you know, instrumental, uh, like we said in the previous couple episodes, like, live action movie inspired music. Um... So we're, we're at the auto base, and Optimus is just sort of staring off into space. And Ratchet's like, you know, I kind of thought you'd be a little more jazzed about Megatron being dead and all. Like, you, you basically won. Uh, yeah, Optimus is like, yeah, but I could fix him. <laughs> and Ratchet's like, no, you couldn't. Ratchet and Starscream about to uh, start a club uh, about how annoying their partners are over their exes. Absolutely, yeah. That ratchet space. Yeah, he's like, no, no, you couldn't fix him. He was that that guy's a great asicko. He was shoving devil blood into his chest, <laughs> and, like. And Optimus just doesn't say anything. And Ratchet's like, sorry, I know you guys have a lot of history. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, now you have a history. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, then some things explode. Uh, as Optimus is saying, like, I and mean, we shouldn't let our guard down too much because, you know, even though Megatron is dead, Starscream is, like, still a threat. So something explodes. They they both run over there thinking it's some kind of Decepticon trap, but it turns out it's just a paper mache volcano. It's Raph's paper mache. They're working on their science project. Yes, it's Raph's paper mache volcano. And uh, Ratchet uh, takes Umbridge to, uh, with, uh, Bumblebee and Bulkhead and RC uh, diverting their resources to things they know nothing about. And he says, you know, so Raph is building a volcano. Miko's trying to do a science project uh, uh, about planets. And he looks at Bumblebee. He's like, what does Bumblebee know about your volcanoes? Or Bulkhead about your solar system. And then he turns over to like Jack and RC who are working on a motorcycle. Or And Jack goes... RC know about motorcycles? Like, what are you talking about? But this it's funny because uh, shortly we learned that RC knows fuck all about motorcycles because she's like, uh, this is doohickey going here. And Jack's like, you're like you you're literally a motorcycle. Why don't you know how to how to how to build an engine? And she's like, yeah, you're literally a human, Jack. How about you build me a working model of a small intestine? Yeah, it's really good the dial there are so many times in this episode where i laughed out loud a lot of it was like pretty good uh physical comedy actually yes. but um yeah and optimus of course is dadimus prime here and he's like i don't know ratchet i think it's a it's a perfectly valid exercise to kind of learn more about our new home by helping our, our human friends with their schoolwork and ratchet grumbles for a little bit um because he is shifting into what I have down here as scientific sundere mode. Um, <laughs> where he, he wants to do science experiments, but he, he thinks he's above all these other uh, shitty little science experiments that the humans are doing. 
Um, and he's getting a little bit uh, Herbert from Reanimator here in this episode. It keeps coming up. He'll he will he at various points in the series he will be he will go Herbert mode. Uh, um, uh, I mean, there's one point in particular one... where he goes very Herbert mode. We are not yeah, anywhere like, near is, there yet. Like a, yeah, this is like a shade of it. This is like the kind of uh, this is foreshadowing to going Herbert mode. Um. So while while uh, they're they're kind of talking about this, we cut over to Starship well, Soundwave. They get a ping, don't they? No. Oh yeah, they they get a ping because what's happening is like, well, first we see Starscream and Soundwave in the desert looking for guys. Um yeah. and they're not finding anything. Right, so that's... Starscream tells Soundwave to like increase, like boost his signal. Uh, so they they locate the guy, and the thing that Optimus picks up is they brought an energon cube with them to reawaken the big guy, and. The Optimus sees, oh, there's some Energon in transit. The Decepticons are probably up to something. We should go and check that out. Uh, during the Before that, though, uh, Raph and Bumblebee are talking about how Bumblebee, you know, isn't a warrior class yet. We, we get a little, a little detail about the, like, uh, Autobot rank structure, I guess. Because uh, B- Bumblebee currently is a scout. And he's trying to graduate into being a warrior. Yeah. Um, anyhow, Optimus is like, I, you know, I understand Bumblebee. He's he's a great fighter, but Raph, you need to understand that Autobot life cycles are very long, and so it, it take these things take more time. We blink and you and, die. Yeah, <laughs> basically is what he says. Um, so that's when they get the blip. Uh, Optimus is like, Hey, Ratch, you want to go out on another date? And Arachis says, actually, I kind of want to stay here and help with the science project. He's like, Optimus, they're so stupid. It's making me crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I got to fix all this. And Optimus like, okay, Bumblebee, let's go. Let's roll out. <laughs> this is the most, like, endearing coupleship shit ever, where Optimus is like, Okay, if you say so, Ratchet, I would love to have you with me. But uh, Ratchet's like, no, no, I, I'm needed here. And like, Optimus just like smiles indulgently at him. <laughs> They're yep. so obnoxious. So he and Bumblebee head out instead. We see uh, Starscream and Soundwave. They 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 put the cube in the casket, and they found the casket. Out- first of all, they found the casket. They put the cube in the casket, and out pops a very large man. Um, named Skyquake, yeah. who is like a legendary Decepticon warrior left here eons ago by Megatron to like guard this world's Energon deposits. Now, um, can we talk about who voices Sky <laughs> Skyquake? Oh, sure. I actually forgot to look that up. Yeah, is Skyquake it? is voiced by Richard Green, um, who I'm not sure if anyone knows offhand. Uh, he's done like a bunch of stuff in the uh, the like Diniverse DCAU. Um, he sounded like he sounded like a, like a BTAS uh, voice actor for sure, like that stock. Yeah, um, but what he's probably most well known for is playing the magician in Mulholland Drive. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think David Lynch should make a Transformers movie. I think I think that'd be good. That'd be great. So anyway, uh, Skyquake awakens from his million year nap to Starscream's like 
self-important blustering about how you know i uh, i have awakened you and and together your great deeds shall raise me uh, shall put my name in the heavens and he's like and skycoke's like yeah okay whatever you dumb little twink where's megatron he's like uh, well the way he phrases it is great because what he says is i am loyal to only one master and the star seems like yes perfect that's exactly what i wanted to hear your loyalty is appreciated and will be vastly rewarded and skyquake's like no you misunderstand me i am loyal only to megatron and starship's like well megatron's fucking dead so learn how to get loyal to me real quick and so, uh, before so Skyquake doesn't take that news too kindly, and uh, it looks about ready to snap Starscream over his knee like a Kit Kat bar when uh, Optimus shows up. Um, and he and Skyquake have a little moment that you know they fought long ago. Uh, they got they got history, um, and as Greg is like, Starscream is behind, is over Skyquake's shoulder the whole time. You know, doing a sort of worm tongue routine, like, yes, my great warrior, go and fell Optimus Prime for me. You shall be a, a this will be my key to greatness. And Skyquake just backhands him into a canyon wall and he runs away. And this is the, the first of many times that Starscream will go, if it sucks, hit the bricks. You can just walk <laughs> out. <laughs> More than most other Starscreams, this Starscream understands the value of a tactical retreat. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so funny because he flies up to where Soundwave has been sitting here watching the whole thing and he goes like, well, he's a little bit of a problem child, but I think I can get him on my side. Yeah. He, and, and he's of like, course, don't judge me. Real winners quit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this is great. Cause then he's like, all right, Soundwave, I need you to record all this for world star. We got We got to film all this shit. We're going to put it on lively. Yeah. We're going, this is going straight on, uh, Nico Nico. So, like, alright, so, yeah, so he's big. Skyquake and Optimus get ready to start fucking rumbling here. Uh, and he, Skyquake is at first beating Prime's ass, like, handing his ass to him on a silver platter. And eventually Bumblebee, who has been, he's been ordered to stay back and, you know, be a lookout by Prime, gets tired of watching his, his father figure get swung around like a fucking ham hock on a stick. Uh, so he, now, he decides to jump on in. Now, two versus one. Is it sporting? No. Is it effective? Yes. <laughs> Does Skyquake have a minigun? Also, yes. <laughs> right. So that that sort of puts a damper on the two versus one thing. Cause like, And it's great because after a while, uh, Prime realizes something. Yes. Which is, hey, this guy doesn't have an alternate mode yet. Let's just drive away and get to a more adv- advantageous uh, battlefield. The last time, the last time Skyquake was around for this uh, was uh, awake. Awake. Humans hadn't invented machines yet. Humans might not have even been there yet. Like, yeah, it was who knows a long, how long time ago, ago. This motherfucker was out here. It was a long time so, like, ago. Now, please ignore all of the plane bits. Currently uh, hanging off of Skyquake, they didn't have the money to make a a a, a Cybertronian form for him. Well, here's, ignore that. Here's the thing, right? Is that like the implication has always been that like, or at least I think in Prime, at least in in sort of 
the uh, aligned universe, at least the implication has always been that they have the parts for general, they have the capability in their root modes for general classes. Yeah. Of alt mode. So, yeah, like, Skywake was definitely a jet guy. Right, yeah. So, the wings, I mean, who knows with the wings? Maybe they fold up into a, a tri, um, like a tri-jet. It's impossible to say. So all that's happening, we cut back to Auto Base, and as I said, Ratchet Well, before we is... cut back to Auto Base, as they watch very quickly, um, uh, from, from their a... perch... I think I know. I think there's a quick. There's a very oh, quick cut. Is there? Like okay. this is barely a C plot. This is like because it's, it's just Ratchet like control freaking everything and yes. basically taking over all the kids' projects and everyone else standing around going, "This kind of sucks." <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, cool. Then we cut to Starscream and, and, and Soundwave Sound watching yeah. from the DVZ clip, and Soundwave was like, "Hey, boss, find another Decepticon life signal." Yeah. So he just turns to Starscream and he points this like, and there's a, a blip of a life signal on his on his visor, and Starscream's like, "Yeah, that can't be right. I'm like." 100% certain Skyquake's the only corpse in this area. Or not corpse, but um, sleeper agent. Literal sleeper agent. In this yeah, he's city. the only guy taking a nap around here. And then he realizes, well, wait. Yeah, and Samway so, so just sort of like pushes his head closer to Starscream. And he's like, wait a minute. That's the part in space. And, and like where the space bridge was. And he's like, Soundwave, that's ludicrous. Come on. Like, we were both there. You saw him. There's no way, there's no way that Megatron survived that. And I want you, do not bother me with this shit again. I'm in mourning, okay? You should be in mourning too. This is just, like, untactful, honestly. This is, like, rude. Delete that. Delete the coordinates. I'm like, I don't want to see this again. I, this is, I'm disgusted, frankly. <laughs> and what I you love about Son of a, he doesn't, he doesn't even echo anything. He just stares at him. Until Starstream's like, okay, fine, I'll go look. Well, he turn he so he like turns around from his cell. It uh, goes like, sorry, like what was I? What was I thinking? What was I talking about? Of course, if there's a chance that Lord Megatron is alive, that uh that he must be retrieved. I will personally go. And he's like, I'm gonna kill him if he's still alive. Very, very clearly. Like, I will uh -huh. personally go and uh, and check the signal. You continue to watch this to the end. Uh, when Optimus dies, I must have the video so I can bear witness. Like, uh, so I, yeah. I, 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 I will bear witness. And he flies off, and Soundwave watches him go, and then releases laser beak and repeats Starscream's "I will bear witness." Yep. Because he knows, listen, <laughs> that guy was acting kind of shady. I gotta go make sure this is all on the up and up. I love Prime, Prime Soundwave so much. He's a fucking smooth operator. Um, so he continues filming for World Star here. Um, so, like, we, we, this is when we, we get introduced. So, so they're like, all right, well, thank goodness there are no vehicles in the area for Skyquake to scan. And then we well, see Agent Fowler flying in. <laughs> I do, yeah, just before that, um, so like, 
they they were retreating, but then they like go back to fight again. I don't remember yeah. why that they decided that fighting, engaging Skyquake th- and fighting was a good idea. But this is I think they might have like run into a canyon wall. Oh, maybe that was it. But uh, this is uh, this is sort of one of the nicest things about Prime, and we've talked about this before. But the fight choreography in Prime is excellent, yeah. and um, this is one of the first like really good fights we get to see. Uh, and there's a, a great shot of um, Optimus charging full keel in truck mode towards Skyquake, transforming out of it and using the momentum to just slug him onto his ass. Yeah, he does a fucking Superman punch out of truck form. And of course, you know he honks the horn. Yeah, oh, he go honk honk. Um, um, but yeah. So yeah, they, they have they have Skyquake dead to rights here. He is on his back. Uh, they, they, they got the guns pointed at him. And then Fowler, who has, you know, received reports of Cybertronian activity, is flying over to check it out. And immediately Optimus is like, hey, Fowler, you gotta leave. Leave right now immediately, yeah, please. Yeah, he is not in his helicopter this time. This time he is in a fighter jet because fuck you. <laughs> Still wearing a suit. Still, Still wearing, wearing a suit. suit. No flight suit. He's just that cool. But unfortunately, Skyquake gets a good look at that jet. Um, and, and manages to slide out of the way and, and says, air superiority achieved. Yeah. And <laughs> Optimus is like, Fowler, wake up. You fucked up big time. And Fowler opens his <laughs> eyes and goes, prime. And then he, and then Skyquake starts, starts strafing the fuck out of Optimus. Well, actually, well, actually what he says is, well, I'll be a bald eagle. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll be a bald eagle. Um, now here we get to see a little bit of uh, Fowler's got some moves here because he like pulls Skyquake away from Prime and B- Bumblebee by engaging him in a dogfight and not immediately getting blown up. I mean, we already saw his like flight skills as an ace pilot when he uh, fought Laserbeak in episode three, I think. So like we kn- he he knows his way around a joystick. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, to be fair, Laserbeak did beat his ass that time. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it was it was a it was a protracted dogfight. Yeah. Um. So we cut back up to space. Starscream is is at the space bridge, and he's like, "Well, clearly, no one's alive around here. It was just a false reading. Uh, I'm gonna head back over and uh, tell Soundwave that it was all all false." And then he hears in the distance, <gasps> and Starscream's like, "Fuck." <laughs> Yep. Um, so he's like, ha- so he flies over there. He sees Megatron's barely functioning, scorched Hulk. And then Starscream turns and looks directly into the camera and goes, "Things are gonna get weird. I'm gonna make it weird." Yeah. So first, he he kind of floats over there and investigate. How the fuck are you alive? Uh, Megatron jump scares him briefly before falling back unconscious. And Starscream realizes, oh, so, there's a piece of dark energon still jammed in your spark. I want to be clear about, like, the positioning of this, because it's very yes. important to understand yes. how horny yes. this scene is. So, please, please paint us a word picture. Yeah, so Megatron is, like, flat on his back, floating in space. And Starscream decides to essentially cover him with his entire body. Like, he is all but straddling him. And covers him with his entire body and then, like, sees this huge hole in his chest and realizes that it's a dark energon. And he reaches his hand into the hole in Megatron's chest to grips the dark energon, 
leans down into Megatron's ear and in the most sensual voice Steve Bloom, I presume, could muster, goes, well, if everyone thinks everyone thinks you're dead, uh, and if they do, then who am I to disappoint them, master? And yanks yeah. the dark energon out. And it's like, what is happening here? Yeah, it's crazy. So he is about to, like kick megatron's corpse into oblivion when he hears a funny little guy flying around and realizes oh shit oh actually <laughs> he he basically does that's like the last part all yeah. oh, right so he goes so he takes the megatron before before laser gets there he takes the dark energon and like pulls it out and then he goes and this time stay dead and with one of his fine stiletto heels kicks megatron's corpse away yep from him and then laser beak shows up it's and, and like ah yes hello Soundwave. hi and he's like it's so funny he's like hiding the dark energon shard behind his back as he's like rotating to face laser beak he's like yep yeah, you were right uh found megatron up here but boy he, he's in a real bad way we gotta uh we gotta get him to med bay clearly very unhappy about being discovered he like stows the dark energon crystal in like some storage panel um because because laser keeps trying to get a peek at whatever the fuck he's holding behind his back he's just he's just like what do you got there what is uh, what do you got back there what you doing with that dark energon gonna try to kill me uh, better make it count so we cut back to uh the ground uh the well the air ground earth Skyquake, um, Bumblebee has been doing some parkour up this canyon to uh, to get onto a better level with Skyquake, and he performs some jet judo. He hops onto Skyquake as he's passing by here, and uh, he um, well he uh, he he just sort of reaches in there, he, he and just starts tearing stuff out. <laughs> it is like gnarly the amount of like insides that are ripped out of this show he's just like he's just reaching in there and pulling out skyquake's guts or as hell but my god skyquake is in a death spin and so optimus like hey fowler i need you to fly up alongside them so bumblebee does not also die here um so bumblebee hops onto fowler fowler's jet as skyquake plummets to the ground and this is the most horrifying part of all we see when uh when optimus and bumblebee go to inspect the corpse that in the last minute he tried to transform because his head is sticking out of the mangled plane wreckage yeah he's super dead yeah this is not a megatron situation this man is dead as fuck he's super dead i want to like talk about the number of characters that have been straight up murdered in like very visceral ways yeah, like do we, if, the, we count Mega, if we count Megatron, if we count who is Megatron, basically dead. Yeah, listen, he has a huge gaping hole in his chest. Like that's pretty visceral. We have had every episode that we've recorded so far, a named major character has been murdered, or that one Viacon who got you know shout out to that one Viacon who bulkhead just. I mean that is that as well, but like I'm talking about like a, major yeah, named, named characters. And don't worry, without saying anything, that will continue next week. They uh, they play fast and loose with a lot of named characters in this show. Yeah. So, anyway, just like, 
uh, in like retrospect, I can't believe it. And also like the idea that this was airing at the same time as Friendship is Magic is very funny to me. <laughs> Thinking yes. that like that that was like the core of the hub. Right, because I mean, the sort of the core thing with Prime is that like it was a show, it was like a kids show that was skewed darker in tone, and also has these like long running uh, story arcs. Like it's it, it's it's a partially episodic show, but as we get deeper into it, there are going to be a lot of characters who like have very long uh, things that, that connect back to stuff early on. It is probably one of the most plot-driven uh, entries into the franchise. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, uh, Optimus kind of muses about, like, it's it, how he basically goes, like, it's, it's a shame that such a, a grand warrior chose to follow Megatron's path to its inevitable conclusion, being a corpse in the desert. After being murdered by a tiny little yellow bug man. Yeah. And Soundwave sees all of this. Uh, he's, he's still watching. Also, I believe this is the first time we see his vehicle mode in this episode. When he's flying around the Starscream. I don't remember if we saw it in episode 5 or not. I can't recall. Yeah, so... Uh, back at base, Optimus is like, Bumblebee, I'm gonna be straight with you. What you did was incredibly risky and kind of stupid, but wildly brave and i might not be standing here if you hadn't done that so full honors soldier i don't remember if he gets promoted to warrior class or not but it's definitely like big step we're we're getting there we're getting yeah i seem to remember i i I have it in my head that he continues to be called a scout throughout the series yeah i think becoming a warrior is like a big driving force for bumblebee's character so then uh bulkhead rc a bulkhead and RC roll up with the kids and Ratchet's very excited. Like, all right, all right. Tell me how you did. I'm sure I know that, uh, you all got, y'all ace these projects and everyone's like, well, no. And we get a little montage of all of the projects, uh, Ratchet built for them. Yeah. So first up is Miko who has like a perfect replica of Cybertron and her teacher's like, and what planet is that supposed to be? And she's like, Cybertron. And it falls off of its, like, fishing line with a heavy thunk because it's made of fucking metal. Um, the... I don't... So, Ratchet appears to have built Jack, a machine that just sort of thrashes around. I think it was supposed to be a functional bone saw, TBH. Like... Oh. Oh, no. Like, that's what it looked like. Because it had, like, that chainsaw-looking shit. I think it's supposed to be a functional bone saw. Yeah. Uh, but the best of them is... is this Raph, is insane. Yeah, so Raph goes up with this giant metal volcano and the teacher's like, dare I even ask uh, Mr. Escabel, is it active? And <laughs> Raph doesn't say anything. He just like sort of winces and presses the button and an entire laser blasts the roof of the school off. Ratchet. We're supposed to be in masquerade mode here. You're the, you can't make a child a plasma volcano. Uh, frankly, I was surprised Raph did not get expelled immediately for bringing a weapon of mass destruction into a school. Uh, but yeah, Raph's just like, well, clearly they're not teaching you the right stuff because all of that would have been great in, sc- in, in Cybertronian high school. Um, so maybe 
Have you ever, have you ever thought your society is the problem? Uh, and I do want to say, continuing the like, they they did not have you know the budget stuff of not having a lot of human characters. Uh, the classroom the the classroom shots are all the same. It it is facing towards the whiteboard with the kid uh, in question in the middle of the frame, and the teacher talking from off screen. No other students. Yeah, I mean it's close enough that you can't really see any of the other chairs yeah. anyway. But yes, they, uh, they they very very minor. They, they know what to spend their their budget on. It's not making a bunch of high school. It's cool robot fights. Yes. Um, and horny so, robot moments. Yeah, I was about to say, and and sensual uh, moments between Starship live, and live laser beak reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, like, then we cut to the sickbait, the nemesis, where where Starscream is growling through gritted teeth. It's so wonderful yeah. to have Megatron. Safe and sound, back in sick bay. Let and us, I wish him a speedy recovery. Let us hope that our master pulls through. <laughs> the sound would just stand, just stand in the background, look at him like, yeah, I know. How's it going, dude? Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty good, it doesn't seem. So that's where we end, and that is the last we'll see of Starscream, because the next episode is sort of a bottle episode. Uh, episode 7, Last we'll see of Starscream this week. Yes, well, he'll be back. Don't worry, folks. Um, he'll be back next episode. But you know, we we can't we can't hit, play the hits all the time. He's he's got a he's got a rest in his trailer every now and then. So we open up here with Bumblebee and Bulkhead in the Arctic, following some uh, some kind of signal. We get a cold as fuck. We get a title scene, uh, a, a title screen that says John Carpenter is the thing. Yeah, I was about to say when I saw that, I was like, ah. I'm watching the thing, and indeed, uh, the thing they find is a ship frozen in the ice. And let me tell you, I've seen enough movies to say, leave leave that shit in there. Just just leave it in there. No heart emoji. Um. So they they find the ship. This like I think they believe it's some kind of stasis pod. You know, it's Cybertronian and make clearly. So you're like, well, we got to figure out what this is. Maybe maybe there's a guy in here. Maybe there's a friend. Um. So they're back at base, and Ratchet is is making sure uh, th- that they and the audience knows, hey, prolonged exposure to sub-zero temperatures can be extremely fatal for uh, Cybertronians. So just keep that in mind, Bulkhead and Bumblebee and kids watching at home. As we, we kind of cut to the pod being thawed out, and something starts crawling out of it. Some thing. A, a, a husky crawls out of it and acts real fucking weird. Yeah, half, so, half husky, half wolf. Yep. So they uh, after the title sequence, we we see Optimus and RC getting ready to head out there to look for more pods. Uh, and and Miko, Raph, and and Jack arrive, and Jack is like, "Hey, I was wondering why I had to carpool today. What's up?" And RC's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going on a mission." And he's like, "Ah." Oh, I I guess you'll have to leave your old partner behind. And she's like, I'm going on a mission to the Arctic, stupid. Yeah, well, what, what Jack says is, uh, is well, it's a, a beautiful day outside. It'd be such a shame if you felt guilty because uh, you had to miss going on a ride on such a beautiful day. 
Uh, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to the Arctic. And Jack's like, and I'm staying here where it is warm. Good yeah, luck. And Raph's like, and Raph's like, oh, but going to the Arctic sounds so cool. Can I come? And immediately right here, Prime Optimus shows he is the polar opposite of cool Uncle Armada Optimus. Because when kids asked to go to the Arctic in Armada, he was like, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Fuck it. But here he's like, Raph. The, the Arctic is dangerous even for us. I am not bringing a child into these sub-zero temperatures. And I love this moment, though, because then he's because Raph is obviously very sad about it. Like, oh, man. All right. And so Optimus goes, but maybe I'll bring you back a snowball. He's so dad. I... It's truly maximum dad. <sighs> yeah. Big deal. And that, that kind of raises that kind of raises Raph's spirits. Um, and, and Ratchet's like, all right. So I've affixed your badges with these sensors, these temperature sensors that'll that'll start flashing blue when you're getting close to the danger zone. So as soon as they start flashing blue, you gotta get out of there. And he looks in the camera and says, do you hear that, kids? If they start flashing blue, it means they're gonna die. And they're like, yeah, yeah, says, okay, okay, Ratchet. <laughs> yeah, whatever, I'm sure nothing will ever go wrong. And so they start... <laughs> they go through the ground bridge, and immediately after it closes, the ground bridge console explodes. <laughs> Oops! 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 Uh, so we we get uh, we get Raph is like, "Hey guys, how about a how about a video game tournament? Last one standing wins." Which I say, Raph, that is how uh, tournaments work in general. I, I would say is generally how that works, unless you're playing some kind of weird round robin. With because he's got like all right, so he's got B and Bulkhead and and uh, Nico and Jack here, but immediately Ratch is like, no, 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 no playing games. We got some business to attend to over here. So Ratch's like, all right, well, at least we'll have the three of us. And then Miko uh, snatches the controller. Yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah. I, I'm I'm gamer. Yeah, and uh, she like hands the other one over to to Jack, and she's like, all right, let's go. And Jack's like. Mm. No, I'm yeah, like, I'm a nerd and I hate having fun, so I'm gonna pass on this one. And then Miku, well, see, I I read it more. I, I read it less like that. I read it more as like because he tries to hand, the but not controller not Raph. at this point. Right, not so, at this point. Yeah, so so Miko's... right. So what I was saying is, so he like he's like, mm, no, I'm a nerd and I hate having fun. Uh, so I'm gonna pass, but y'all have fun. And Miku's like. Uh, Miko basically casts a uh, spell of toxic masculinity. And she's yes. like, and she's like, what? You afraid? You pussy? You afraid you're going to lose to a girl? And Jack's like, yeah, all right, fine. I'll play. And Raph's clearly all sad. Like, oh, I wanted to play video games. And so, you know, Jack's a bro. He's like, hey, you, uh, you want to play for me, Raph? I'm not too good at these video games. And Raph's like, uh yeah thanks for the the gesture but it's kind of already been ruined for me i'm just gonna go wander around yeah he's like please kick miko's ass for me and raf's like no i'm gonna go pretend somewhere else to be an airplane <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really know what's going on there uh raf is simultaneously 12 and 5 so and the world's we, uh, the world's smartest man and the world's yep. simplest creature he can hack into the Pentagon, and also he likes to pretend to be an airplane. Yeah. So he uh, he's he's hanging out on his own, and he comes across a funny little guy. Oh, he's just adorable. Just the funniest little guy you've ever seen. 
and he's like wow i love this funny little guy and he he throws a nut to go fetch it he like finds a bolt or whatever on the floor he's like go catch it and the thing uh grabs it and eats it and oh no you're gonna choke little guy but it's fine the guy the little guy didn't choke and he's like oh you're such a cute little guy i'm gonna show you off to all my big metal friends (laughs) meanwhile (laughs) ratchet has opened up the ground bridge console and uh the uh the motherboard has bite marks on it it's fine and he's like okay that's not normal (laughs) that shouldn't look like that and that's when raf this is so funny like he uh so as they're looking through the ground bridge the intermittent power failure uh so jack actually does manage to beat miko but then the power flickers and erases the score and miko's like ah tragic it looks like we lost all our progress on that match we'll never be we'll never be able to tell who won that race she uh she loses so graciously uh-huh um and and so then raf's like hey i found a little guy and all of the autobots react as though he is just like brought in a fucking nuclear warhead <laughs> uh and all the humans are like what it's just a why are you guys so freaking out so much it's just a funny little guy look at it it's so cute and then we see through the little guy's eyes and this is this is always a bad sign when you see it it's got predator vision yeah not ideal except instead of thermal uh imaging it it sees stuff that's made of metal and it sees all three of these big metal guys hanging out here and uh opens his mouth to Endless rows of ro- rotating razor-sharp teeth. Oops. And it attacks Bumblebee. Yeah, and then it, it eats Bumblebee's tit. Yeah, uh, Raph immediately beats it to death with a crowbar. And it keeps going. It's like, whoa, yes. holy, uh, holy unresolved <laughs> rage issues, Batman. And Jack's yeah. like, yeah, okay, Jack- bud, I think you got it. <laughs> he, like, take, he like very gingerly takes the crowbar from like, all right, killer, you did it. Ooh, yeah. Let's calm down. Uh, this is where Ratchet's Ratchet's looking over Bumblebee's wounds, and he says it's only a mesh wound. It's pretty right. good. It's pretty good. So, uh, turns out the thing they found in the Arctic wasn't actually a stasis pod containing a new friend at all, or even like a cargo pod containing fun treats. It was a scraplet trap. That you put on a spaceship to catch all the med-leading vermin that could be on there. And then you shoot it out into space to get rid of it. And it was in stasis in the Arctic. So all the all the scraplets were sleeping because it was too cold. And then they brought it back to their base and thawed them out. Oops. A real, literally, John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, no, it, it is literally the, the plot of the thing. Mixed with the trouble with triples. Yes. So we, we cut to our scene Optimus in the Arctic. They're walking around. Uh, and their their badges started flashing blue and like, alright, time to head back. So Optimus is like, alright, well, let me call the base and uh, we need Ground Bridge brat back. No one uh, no one's answering the phone. Uh, well, shit. So they're stranded uh, in sub-zero temperatures, slowly freezing to death. While uh, ratchet has to try and fix the ground bridge and also not get eaten alive by swarms of tiny uh robots yeah and 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 to that note like ratchet's like on the other side ratchet's like 
we can't deal with, like, we need to deal with this because I need to fix the space bridge because if I don't, Optimus and RC are going to die. And Jack's like, wait, what? They're what? And Ratchet yeah. is like, they're going to die. I said this earlier. Yeah. He's like, all right, listen, listen, kid. If we don't, we, we need to get rid of these fucking scraplets or else your best bud and your truck dad are going to be fucking frozen statues dead forever. So let's get on it. Chop, chop. Um, and, and Miko is like, well, I don't really see why you guys are so afraid of these little things. They're fucking tiny and cute. And Bulkhead's like, you haven't seen the things I've seen, kid. Yeah, yeah, you haven't seen a swarm of scraplets eat someone from the inside out like I have. It keeps me up at night. <laughs> I can see it when I close my eyes. The screams, the blood. Miko's like, okay, all right. <laughs> Got it. I, I know that you are the, the ship doctor, but... <laughs> Oh, wait, no, it's Bulkhead saying that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Bulkhead. It's not Ratchet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they decide, all right. So bad news, Autobots are made of metal. Very tasty. Good news, children made of flesh. Not tasty. Therefore, we're going to pair off. Each kid goes to an Autobot. Jack stays behind to watch Ratchet's back as his partner is slowly becoming a popsicle out in the Arctic. Uh, so Miko and Raph each go with their respective partners. Um, there is, we, we cut to, we cut, we, we periodically cut back to Optimus and RC at, at various stages of death in this episode. Uh, this next one, they're trying to find some shelter from the wind. And it's so funny because RC makes the cracks like, gee, do you think we could drive all the way to Miami? Oh, Optimus, that sounds real nice, don't you think? And he just very deadpan goes... Uh, well, if we try to transform, it'll only hasten the freezing process and the the, cold, the the warmest climate is several thousand miles away. And Arcee's like, yeah, thanks. Thank Th- you. Thank you, Dad. Uh, Great. I'm remembering why I don't go on these road trips with you. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, that is, that is it. And then, like, Optimus makes... Uh, here's here's how much of a dad is that often makes some comment where it's like we should find shelter and try to like keep warm and like he's such a dad that I don't even want to make uh oh my god I had to share a blanket for warmth joke here. No, <laughs> right? yeah, his relationship with everyone is very paternal. Yeah. So, uh, we we Bulkhead and Miko are going through the the now it's also alien by the way. Um, right. So, that's you know, right. We, we've, it's the thing, it's the trouble with troubles, it's also alien, because they're going through these these claustrophobic hallways. Uh, bulkhead, the, the lights flicker, Bulkhead screams like a girl, as Miko notes. Um, he gets freaked out by getting tangled up in some cables, and she's like, hey, hey, hey Bulkhead, hey Bulkhead, it's okay. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just cables. And he, like, breathes a sigh of relief, and he's like, oh, it's a silly me. And then a shit ton of scraplets <laughs> fall on him. The worst part. Po- like, imagine if you thought you, in the dark, ran through a bunch of spider webs, and you freak out, and the lights come on. It's like, oh, thank God. It's just, like, some bead curtains. And then a swarm of spiders falls on you from the bead curtains. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, things go quite badly uh immediately everyone's getting swarmed bulkhead gets swarmed I want, bumblebee gets swarmed i want everyone to understand how genuinely horrifying this is to watch yeah like they are skyquake are like skyquake got 
got in the last episode and that was unpleasant these you are seeing characters getting eaten alive and it is not shying away from that at all it is quite explicit there's all these fucking tiny scraplets crawling all over the character models getting into all the crevices and you can see their metal being like shorn away yeah being stripped away it's gross and all of them are just freaking the fuck out shooting blindly like, all the kids have her, like, a crowbar and a fire axe. Uh, but in the control room, Ratchet, you know, makes a connection. He, say, he tells Jack, go grab that fire extinguisher, because these things are susceptible to cold. Um, also, we learn here that scraplets can fly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, so Jack is, like, watching Ratchet's back, and a whole bunch of them get into uh, the command room or whatever from the ceiling and there's a moment where they like float in the air and then they like fly towards him and jack's like you could have warned me about that part of it real they fly now type of moment um so yeah he 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 grabs a fire extinguisher starts freezing these some bitches cut back to the arctic where uh guess what (laughs) still dying uh they have managed to find a little outcropping to hide from the worst of the wind in our sea is like dozing off and off is like hey no no no, you gotta you got stay awake do do not under no circumstances should you fall asleep this this conversation is actually very sweet um yeah uh, rc like has a joke then that's um uh, rc's like all right all right like, what do you want to talk about it's like we can talk about who obviously messed things up back at base which is why we don't have any communication or ground bridge and uh optimus is like silent as she does this and then she goes i bet it was bulkhead he probably tripped over a wire or you know uh ran into something or whatever and she's you know she's like laughing softly about it but optimus turns to her and he has such a sweet line here which is like bulk bulkhead may be too large for this world but his inner strength is without bounds um yeah and but he's like He's not really chastising her. He's just like he he's just like sort of so full of love for his team. And it's a really really sweet moment because he's still being very sweet with her. He's not like being like RC you shouldn't talk like that or whatever. He's just Yeah, no. Yeah. This is also like it's worth like that RC starts off like yeah, maybe he maybe the big lug tripped over a cable or accidentally smashed a console and he's like then she's like Remember when we got to Earth and he ran through those power lines? Man, that was funny. Yeah. I wish I got to talk to her before I died. Um, and also, that is that is a reference to the, the 2007 movie, because Ratchet does exactly that in that movie. He runs in some power lines and it uh, makes his dick feel weird. Awesome. Um, so, back at, back at the base, we... Uh, We've got the we've dealt with the scraplets and uh, Miko's like, all right, whew, done with that. And Ratchet's like, actually, that was the scouting swarm. <laughs> and everyone hears a bunch of clanking and buzzing as they realize, oh, the actual scraplet swarm is coming towards the base now that I know everyone's in here <laughs> or towards the bridge. Um, and Ratchet realizes, like, well, I fixed everything on the ground bridge console itself, which means that. It, the issue doesn't lie there. The issue is probably that our main energon line has been severed, and we need someone to go fix it. Hey, you kids are small and just squeezing into tight places, right? Yeah. 
Uh, and more importantly, you're, he's like, generally I find your flesh, fleshiness, the least appealing part of you. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, for now, it's a, for once it's a boon. So yeah, they, they, uh, they go out to patch the hole while everyone else kind of stays behind to fight off the scraplets. Um, and this is also R- Ratchet is, is talking about like with, with our scene Bumblebee or, uh, with Balkan and Bumblebee, like, so we, we, we have a problem here, uh, which is that I'm, I've been trying to figure out what order of operations we need to do, because if we bring Optimus and RC in first, uh, all the scraps are just going to eat everyone here, but we need to find some way to get the scraplets out the ground ridge first, but they won't go because RC and Optimus are coming in. And so we need someone to use as bait. So then, uh, okay, let's check back in with the Arctic and let's see what's going on here. Oh, very close to that. Oh, yeah, they're dying. They're big dying. And there's like a moment where Optimus turns to, well, RC's like, you know what like really pisses me off about this is that we've been doing this for millions of years and I've gotten into so many like fights with Decepticons and... You know, I've done all these amazing things. And, like, this is how I get got? Really? And Optimus just, like, takes her hand in his. And it's such a sweet moment. Well, actually, what it is is, like, he's, at first, he's like, you know, RC, if this, if I have it written down here, I believe. Um, After she says, like, I I didn't think I'd be dying like this in the fucking cold. And he says, uh, this may not be the finish that we plan, but that if this is indeed the end, if we are to become one with the Allspark, and R.C. is the one who takes right. his hand. And she says, it's been an honor serving with you, Optimus Prime. And they just hold each other. And I, and I, and I wrote, bro, stop! Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is, like, me, sadly. You are my dad. You're my dad. Woogie, 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 woogie. So, the, the Scrablets are swarming in. And right before he passes out from presumably blood loss, uh, Ratchet manages to open the ground bridge. And Bulkhead remembers, hey, they need some bait. And he's like, well, I'm the biggest, tastiest morsel here. So he stands up and he's like, hey, hey, uh, hey, Scraplets, come eat this. Come eat this ass, motherfuckers. And he runs into the ground bridge. Well, okay, I say runs. He, like, stumbles into the ground bridge due to the fact that he is half-eaten. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just really funny. So, like, the ground bridge opens in the Arctic, and, and our, uh, Optimus and RC are like, oh, thank God, we're saved. And then Bulkhead stumbles out, covered in scraplets, falls to the ground, like, all right, you guys got a duck. As a gigantic swarm of scraplets pours into the ground bridge and instantly, like, freezes in the cold and falls they it's so gross they just like optimus has to stand in front of our sea as a whole bunch of scraplets bounce off of him getting hit by like driving through a fucking locust swarm yeah in a a minivan Ugh, (laughs) gross so it's this is a great scene too because like we obviously everybody is super fucked up including ratchet so who's gonna fix everyone up well the humans are interning at Dr. Ratchet's clinic for today as he's like showing them how to use all the equipment and telling them what to do and like checking all the temperatures and IVs and all that stuff. And uh, Optimus is like, you know, I think it's great that uh, 
you you've really learned to appreciate our human friends for more than just an annoyance and ratchet has this line where he's like well we're just lucky this infestation happened on a saturday but i'm bum uh, well actually the final but i'm bum is uh miko screams because there's a spider and bulkhead goes did she just scream like a little girl yeah and that's that's the but i'm bum yeah scrap heap yeah it's fucked up they almost got eaten and frozen oh god so we got some questions here and someone else died oh yeah he well you know we didn't really get to know him that well fair enough um so let's see here in the discord we got a few questorinos so uh casey cosmetizer asks what shitty project uh, have you worked the night before to do uh, what shitty project you worked the night before on do you bring to, to the school science fair? Mm. Um, I feel like I feel like I've done this before, but like it was way or all I remember is that it involved like literally doing it the night before it was due, the whole thing. And it involved a bunch of rocks and dirt in a shoebox. That's all I remember. Um, well, I can do the, uh, <laughs> the actual thing I did in, in college, like two hours before it was due, my final project for, uh, a class I took called Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Um, which is... Ex- did it have the exclamation point? Yes, it did. Um, Hell yes. Which is exactly what it says on the tin, and, like, two hours before I remembered that my, like, final project was due, I put together a crossword puzzle. Like, a really big crossword puzzle. Damn. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone has, like, procrastinated up until the last minute and going, like, oh, fuck, I gotta slap all this shit together. Uh, Slipstream Sam asks, have any good fight stories? If not, what's your favorite Transformers fight? Uh, I mean... On my, like... I have one actual fight story on, like, my, uh, I don't know, third week of freshman year in high school, someone threw a chair at the teacher and, like, had to be dragged out of the the room by a bunch of other students. Hmm. Other than that, nothing really remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say, I went to public school, so... Shit happens. Like, I went uh, a large public school, like, my my high school had 2,200 students in it um mine was around the same yeah uh and uh you know i remember there was one notable one that happened i I think i mostly remembered it because it happened like right at the start of the school day (laughs) like it wasn't even yeah it was like because everyone's fucking tired and cranky and doesn't want to be there class hadn't even started yet but a girl did get thrown into a radiator by her weave so oh lord yeah as for transformers fights i mean I, I do really like the final episode of Armada. I think that's just a very good Optimus and Megatron duel. Uh, so you know, a lot of a lot of most memorable fights are going to be those two, right? Because I'm also yeah. thinking of the uh, the movie. But I also really like uh, Cyclonus and Star Saber's rivalry in IDW One. They only fight twice, but boy, they're very memorable. <laughs> Yeah. Star Saber uh, crushes a guy's heart while telling him God hates you <laughs> because he's normal. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. I do like the fights between um, Arachnid and RC a lot in this show. Oh, yeah. uh, those are 
pretty phenomenally uh, put together. Um, <sighs> trying to think, because like, yeah, like a lot of a lot of fights don't actually look all that impressive unless they got a lot of budget behind them, like we hear or the movie yeah. or Armada. Probably I think the, listen, the final the final fight in animated is also really good. So here's the thing: Dark at the Moon, bad movie. Mm-hmm terrible movie but the the um fight where um the autobots join with the u.s military against the Decepticons, as they love to do against the septicons was pretty good as and i would say the other one that comes to mind in the um uh in the movies is uh age of extinction um the optimus versus lockdown yeah that one's that pretty good pretty cool I thought of yeah the driller set piece in Dark of the Moon is really cool. You can call that a fight. Um, I like the final battle between Optimus and Sentinel in that movie. Uh, Revenge and... of the Fallen had Megatron, Starscream, and I can't remember who else. First, Grindor. Grindor, Jesus versus Optimus. That was also really pretty good. Rip in peace, Grindor. You were the latest victim in Optimus's in movie Optimus's head obsession. Yeah, Jesus Christ, he's so brutal in the movies. He's a fucking nightmare, man. Um, Kassarachnid asks, what's the best fun- funny little guy? I like Cream Zeke. Okay. Ah, shit. We gotta have Max on for the Cream Zeke episode. <laughs> He's the minions of Transformers. It's true. Um, if we're doing things like the scraplets um, that are like funny little guys until they're not, um, yeah, until like, they're like fucked up little guys until they're fucked up little guys i think i would automatically go to um the winged lion uh from dungeon meshy um oh yeah that is i've never read actually read berserk i should sit down and actually read berserk sometime but i know of an image from berserk which is the panel of guts and pals going through a cave and they see like a nose guy in the dark. Oh, yeah. And I, I only know this from that Tumblr post where the audio was like, what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> and it scurries away. Like, that. that's a fuck. That's a fucked up little guy to if me. We're, if we're... Well, it's funny, not fucked up. That's true. But he is also a funny, a funny little guy. little guy. He's kind of a... F- if we're not... By, by value of being in Berserk, he is also a If we're talking guy. about funny little guys who really are just funny little guys, then it's Karibo. Yeah. I don't know. Well, are there any other examples in Transformers you can think of other than Arbor Cream Zeke? I mean, Huffer. Pipes. He's a funny little guy. What a funny little guy that Pipes is. Nothing bad will ever happen to him. Uh, Frenzy and Rumble. Oh, that's right. They are funny little guys. They're funny little guys. They're the funniest little guys. The Reflectors. See, I would say, but they don't do enough to be considered funny little guys. Like, they just true. hang out for a little bit. Rumble and Frenzy, Frenzy certainly and are. Yeah. They are, def- they are the funny little guys of G1. Uh, Cass also asks, back in the Gladiator days, do you think Megatron ever got one of his fights off pay-per-view? That is 100% how Starscream first saw them. Absolutely. Fucking WWE Megatron promo. <laughs> I want to I see Prime Megatron do the Steiner math promo. 
Starscream. I want this more than anything in my life. Starscream uh, saw it at the uh, Icon Academy and was like, <laughs> had looked at uh, Skyfire's like, sorry, I gotta go live a Little Mermaid life now, bye. <laughs> I want to pe- be where people are, bye. If you look at me and you look at Grimlock, then you have a 50-50 chance of winning. But... We can't do this. In... We can't do this whole bit, please. <laughs> I know I can't because I don't have any water left to do the Prime <laughs> Megatron voice. Uh, Cass asks, "Who got milkshake ducked and why?" Uh, uh Starscream. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, can you be milkshake ducked if if no one likes you in the first place? Well, again, like I. I hard to call right because i think that he actually wasn't pretty good standing at the start of the show that's true right so right. i do think he got milkshake duck because it's like starscream everyone loves starscream the leader of the decepticons we regret to inform you that megatron is the leader of the decepticons yeah and and at this point soundwave is is you know hand painstakingly curating starscream's eventual call out post right uh, and finally, Cass asks, what do you think the previous batch of human companions made for their science projects? Referring, of course, to uh, the Armada gang. Um, I know for a fact that um, Rad made a potato battery to show the power of plants. Uh-huh. I think Alexis created, like, a mi- I-, I think Alexis created a perpetual motion machine. Okay. Or maybe like a, a, a working nuclear battery. Mm-hmm. Carlos. Uh, I feel like Carlos just like. Carlos melted action figures in hydrochloric acid. I just like took pictures. And that was a science project. He got like a C. He passed. I feel like I feel like Carlos just went to like a science museum and picked up something in the gift shop. And then of a moon rock, like a, either a moon rock, or I was thinking, you know those um, those like balls that collapse into like oh, yeah. into like a spiky thing. I think he just did I that used to and love like those and just like put that up, and they're like, "What is it?" He's like, "It's a ball that collapses into a spiky thing." Uh, Fred slash Jim did an entire science project on uh, umami flavor. Ah, B- Billy failed. I, I don't know. Sorry, Billy. I couldn't come up with anything for you. Uh, uh, yeah, Billy failed. Actually, I think I think Jim uh, did uh, an experiment on how empathy affects plant growth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. That, that, that's the secret 50... Oh, oh I know what Billy did. He made slime. Yep, absolutely. Just a big old tub of slime. Yeah. Perfect. If it was history project. I would say he did. He did a. He did a paper on Billy the Kid. But you know, right? Science project and all. Of course, of course. <sighs> well, with that, we've been Prime Cuts. You can follow us on Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod. Uh, you can join our Discord for so you can see screenshots of starscream lovingly straddling megatron's corpse and whispering into his ear and and the live laser beak reaction we need to make that a sticker i swear um 
Yeah, it's like all all that sorts of things and more. Yeah, we'll do streaming. We'll be streaming the movies in between seasons of the podcast. I'll try to do some Jackbox nights in the future. All sorts of stuff happening over here. It's popping. It popping. Uh, I'm. It's popping. It sh- it could be more popping though, and that's where you come in, folks. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Dragonsmoocher on Nero. Hi, you've been listening to my voice um i have various other projects going at the moment you can follow my comprehensive final fantasy 14 companion podcast radio free heidelin over at heidelin radio uh the critically acclaimed mmorpg with the free trial that goes up to level level 60 including all of critically acclaimed expansion heavensward <sighs> gotta say that again the trial's back open um you can also find me uh, every couple of weeks over at Disney Minus talking about the the fucking the muck of Disney Plus. Uh, well, late new episode that'll be out when this episode comes out, I believe, is our Bugs Life episode guest starring Max from Pot of Greed. Um, that was a fun time. Movie isn't very good, but it was a fun podcast. I mean, it's far from the worst. <laughs> It's far from the worst, even the worst Pixar movie, but it's certainly not, it's not really a great second outing, in my opinion. Um, what do you think is the worst Pixar movie? Probably either Cars 2 or The Good Dinosaur. Like, Oh uh, yeah, Good Dinosaur wasn't much of anything, was it? Yeah, like, I feel like those two are the ones that everyone points to, like, this is where things start going downhill. Um, and of course, you can find the old podcast I did with my friend Jane about she 2018, and my friend Jenny also do with Radio Free Heidland with. Shira Podcast over at Podcast Power on Twitter. Seek it out. Good show, good podcast. I'm Audrey. You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at Optimum on Prime. That's my funny robot internet joke. You can also check out the other podcasts I do, and Nira already mentioned it. It's Pot of Greed. I do it with Max and a bunch of other people, including uh, Argyle, who will be on uh, next week's episode. And uh, it is about uh, the hit <laughs> card game franchise Yu-Gi-Oh!, um normal anime Yu-Gi-Oh gx yeah everyone's having a really normal time right now we're definitely not murdering all the main characters right now it's fine and it's normal but i i think there's gonna be some like riverdale-esque shit where they're all they're they're dead but they're fine um but uh great but we'll we'll see what happens there um and that's uh really it for me um i'm heading into jet lag zone Luckily, not too badly since I slept 13 hours last night, but... (laughs) There you go. Of course, we can't forget to mention NoiseSpace.xyz, our host network, so graciously uh, giving space to us in all sorts of other podcasts, such as Zero to Zero. Uh, I'm blanking because it's late. Uh, The Sonic Sonic Shuffle, Kamarocho Radio, Wow Cool Robot, which is one you might be interested in if you're listening to this one. Um, All sorts of cool stuff that's on uh, Noise Space. So check that out at noisebase.xyz. Well, until next time, folks, I am going to uh, not try and, and, and hide from the ravenous fucking locust metal locust worm that is coming to eat all of my game systems transform and roll out i'm going to hit the bricks transform and roll out peach, peach.